Well, hello everyone, and welcome to this week's edition of The Journey. My name's Jude Hennessy. I love bringing you this program each and every week. Mind you, I'm doing so after a, after a bit of a break. Second week back in the chair after having been away for quite a while. Had a great trip over to Rome, went to the World Meeting of Families at the Vatican, visited some amazing places, and caught up with my two wonderful daughters, one in London and one in Canada. Feeling very renewed and refreshed after all of that, and can't wait to bring you this week's show. It's a cracker. We've got some great people who have got some wonderful things to share with you this week. You are absolutely going to love what Father Dave Callahan's got to say today. He's talking to us about living faith backwards and being really savvy in the way that we implement the encouragement that we get from Jesus in the gospel to be as cunning as snakes and as innocent as doves, and how oftentimes we, we get that round the wrong way. And now if we didn't, we could be having a much bigger impact in the world and in, and in the church for renewal and the, the life of the church. You know, I love what he's got to say. Really, really good. Trish McCarthy's going to talk to us about taking delight in serving and helping others. It's a great little story that she's got to share with us. We're going to hear from Father Anthony Crook. Positive psychology is his segment. He's going to talk to us about spirituality and well-being. We're going to hear from Mother Hilda Scott, of course. She's going to explain to us how... A 12th century monk had some wonderful things to say to us about our times and our 21st century circumstances. But to kick us off, we're going to be hearing from Father Mark DiVatista. He's breaking open this week's gospel for us, which is Luke 12, 32 to 48. Max Norton's going to proclaim it for us. And it's that gospel passage that really says clearly, you too must stand ready. And Father Mark is going to speak to us really powerfully about watchfulness. Lots and lots of great music on the show this week too. Some really great songs. You're going to love this week's program. We'd better get into it now. Kicking off with Father Mark DiBattista after we've heard this week's Gospel Proclaimed. It's for the 19th Sunday in Ordinary Time right around the world. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. Really pleased that you joined us this week on The Journey. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Jesus said to his disciples, There is no need to be afraid, little flock, for it has pleased your Father to give you the kingdom. Sell your possessions and give alms. Get yourselves purses that do not wear out, treasure that will not fail you, in heaven where no thief can reach it and no moth destroy it. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. See that you're dressed for action and have your lamps lit. Be like men waiting for their master to return from the wedding feast, ready to open the door as soon as he comes and knocks. Happy those servants whom the master finds awake when he comes. I tell you solemnly, he will put on an apron, sit them down at table and wait on them. It may be in the second watch he comes, or in the third, but happy those servants if he finds them ready. You may be quite sure of this. If the householder had known at what hour the burglar would come, he would not have let anyone break through the wall of his house. You too must stand ready, because the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. Peter said, Lord, do you mean this parable for us or for everyone? The Lord replied, What sort of steward then? is faithful and wise enough for the master to place him over his household to give them their allowance of food at the proper time. 
unhappy that servant if his master's arrival finds him at his employment. I tell you truly, he will place him over everything he owns. But as for the servant who says to himself, my master is taking his time coming, and sets about beating the men servants and maids, and eating and drinking and getting drunk, his master will come on a day he does not expect and at an hour he does not know. The master will cut him off and send him to the same fate as the unfaithful. The servant who knows what his master wants, but has not even started to carry out those wishes, will receive very many strokes of the lash. The one who did not know, but deserves to be beaten for what he's done, will receive fewer strokes. When a man has had a great deal given him, a great deal will be demanded of him. When a man has had a great deal given him on trust, even more will be expected of him. The Gospel of the Lord. And now, the Gospel Reflection with Father Mark D. Battista. The theme of vigilance is one that we hear about quite often in the Gospels. And when we hear how insistent our Lord is about it, it's obviously something very important. And yet, what makes it even more difficult is that we're told we don't know at what hour or what watch of the night. And in the Greek, there are four different watches. In the Hebrew, there were three. So the first watch is between 6 p.m. and 9 p.m. The second watch, 9 p.m. to midnight, and so on and so forth. So, of course, at night is the time when we're relaxing. It's our downtime. It's a time for rest. So how can be watchful and vigilant when we're supposed to be relaxing and unwinding? What kind of watchfulness? Well, it's the watchfulness of faith. It's the watchfulness of being attentive to spiritual things. I can just hear some of you asking me, well, what does that mean though when you're tired? How can you be attentive? It seems like a contradiction in terms, doesn't it? Well, certainly seems like that. But remember, the gospel often has what we call paradoxes. So things that seem to be contradictory, but in fact are not. So when our Lord is telling us, you must be watchful, you must be vigilant, it means being attentive insofar as we can be at that time. Obviously, it's not that we are not meant to sleep, because he knows we are meant to sleep. It's not that we are not meant to rest. He knows that we are meant to rest. Remember another point in the Gospels where he says there were so many people coming and going that the apostles didn't even have time to rest. And he himself calls them out of their ministry and says, let us go to a lonely place by ourselves. Even at that time, our Lord is still referring to being vigilant and watchful. It means essentially that we're always trying to look at our life and our world from the perspective of faith. We are never meant to categorize things or compartmentalize our life. This is my holy time, my time of faith and prayer, and this is my work time, this is my hobby time, this is my other time. That just doesn't cut it. One thing we can learn a lot from is the first responders. First responders are always training, they're always prepared, they're always ready to spring into action. But, of course, even first responders have their downtime. But even when their downtime is acting, they've got their pages with them, their phones are ready, they're set to go for action. And this is what Christ asks of us. 
So yes, we live our life to the full. We work, we rest, we play, but we must be ready and vigilant at all times to respond to that quiet voice of his and to always be ready for the enemy of our souls who is ever present and ready to attack us when he feels and thinks we are weakest. You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full.
You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda. I came across a piece of work by a man called Gilbert of Hoyland. He was an English monk of the 12th century. I find it wonderful that so very little has changed in what is essential in the human soul. 12th century can speak to the 21st century. I'm going to read what he says here, and if you want a copy of this, just take down the few words, or the first words anyway, remember the name Gilbert of Hoyland, and then ask Mr Google to give it to you. Here it comes. I found him, the soul says. I found him. Though previously he sought and found me, like a stray sheep, like a lost coin, and in his mercy he anticipated me. He forestalled me, I say, in finding me when I was lost. He anticipated me when I deserved nothing. He found me astray. He anticipated me in my despair. He found me in my unlikeness. He anticipated me in my diffidence. He found me by pointing out my state to me. He anticipated me by recalling me to his own. He found me wandering in a labyrinth. He anticipated me with gifts when I was devoid of grace. He found me not that I might choose him, but that he might choose me. He anticipates me that he might love me before I loved him. In this way then, chosen and loved, sought and acquired, found and anticipated, how should I not love and seek him with an effort according to my strength and with affection beyond my strength? I will seek him until gaining my desire I may utter my cry of happiness. I have found him whom my soul loves. You know, listeners, I think that that's our story. Lost and found, chosen, sought, acquired, anticipated. I invite you in this next week to look around and see where he has anticipated you gone before you, where he has found you, and perhaps, just perhaps, you might end this week saying with great joy, I found him. I hope you enjoyed that. Thanks very much to Mother Hilda Scott for her wisdom from the Abbey, a piece that she called I Found Him, and a great insight into how this 12th century monk, Gilbert of Hoyland, has many wonderful things for us to say about our 21st century circumstances and the story that we all share in one way or another of being lost and, and found by God. Well, certainly that's the way God wants it, wants us all to be found. Thank you to Mother Hilda Scott. For the break, Father Mark Deeper's sister, he broke up in this week's Gospel for us. We also heard from all sons and daughters. Don't forget, if you want to hear any of the, the God spots, any of the pieces, any of the breaking open of Scripture, Mother Hilda's stuff, any of our great presenters' stuff, just go to jcr.org.au. You can just go on and listen to them again. You can... 
share the links with other people too. You might hear something you just go, oh, I need a friend who needs to listen to that or a brother or a sister who needs to listen to that. Really easy to do. And we'd love to get some feedback from you too. Just check us out on Facebook, JCR or The Journey Podcast. After the break, we're going to be hearing some more great music from Father Rob Galear and positive psychology from Father Anthony Crook. He's going to talk to us in a, in a series, a couple of in this series now, about spirituality and well-being. That's after the break. As for now, we've got Jonathan, David and Melissa Hessler. It's uh, The Gospel is the name of the song. You'll love it. After the break, Father Anthony Crook with some positive psychology. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you're on the journey.
Together on the journey, faith, hope and love for life in all its fullness. I know what goes up must come down, but your love defies gravity. I know what goes around comes around, but your grace lifts me to higher ground. Will there is a way and you say you are the only way I'm tired of walking getting nowhere So I'm running I'm running I'm running to you now You make me stronger when I fall down You make me taller stand my ground You make me wiser now so I can some more positive psychology, here's Father Anthony Crook. In our previous discussions, we started to explore the area of post-traumatic growth. One of the areas of post-traumatic growth that we discussed was the change in, or strengthening of, a person's sense of spirituality following a traumatic event. So this is probably a good step-off point for us to spend some time reflecting on spirituality and religiosity and their impact in the human well-being or positive psychology space, particularly in what we in the game refer to as a protective factor. We are probably familiar with the idea of protective factors with regards to good health. For example, exercise, weight within acceptable limits, 
reduction in alcohol intake and quitting smoking are all protective factors against heart disease. Vaccinations, good airflow, physical distancing and hand hygiene are protective factors against contracting COVID. In the area of psychology and mental health, we also speak of protective factors, and one of these is a person's sense of spirituality or religiosity. We know, for example, that a personal spirituality or a sense of religious belonging is a protective factor with regards to suicidal behaviours. We know that religious belonging or developed personal spirituality is a protective factor in terms of reducing the likelihood of developing a trauma-related disorder after experiencing a traumatic event. We also know that religious belonging or a personal spirituality is, broadly speaking, a protective factor with regards to the development or management of depression in senior years. One of the questions that arises for us is to ask, what is it about spirituality or religiosity that is protective? There are a number of answers to this question, but in this short time, let us start by discussing the idea that a spirituality or sense of religious belonging provides us with a narrative or context to understand or make sense of what it is that is happening to us in our lives. For example, if a person receives a diagnosis of serious illness, then to be able to locate or place this experience in the context of a narrative, for example a Christian story, allows the person to understand that they are not alone in their experience. For the Christian, the scriptures are replete with stories and prayers related to suffering. Some seek to explain it. Others simply state in prayerful humility a request that the God who transcends time and space accompany the person during this difficult time. Some Christian traditions have evolved healing rituals and services that seek to alleviate a person's experience of suffering. In the direst of circumstances, to have a profound belief that death is not the final word. Indeed, as one Christian funeral liturgy says, life has changed, not ended, must bring with it a palpable change in the experience and understanding of that suffering. Of course, this protective or beneficial aspect is not limited to Christianity, but is a feature of all the major world religions, and indeed spirituality in general. This alone is one reason why a more positive or generous discourse around the role of religion and spirituality in people's lives and society in general would be a healthy addition to the media portrayal of religion. And thanks to Father Anthony Crook and his positive psychology Godspot there who spoke to us about spirituality and well-being. There'll be more on that. He's building on what he said today. But great to hear how even in suffering or serious illnesses, difficult circumstances... Placing ourselves in Christ's hands and in the context of God's promises and the Christian story, it changes that experience. It can even transform that experience. So thanks to Father Anthony Crook there. Quick promo for a wonderful event that's coming up from the 21st to the 23rd of October. It's called Growing Good Men. It's put on by the Men Alive community, wonderful bunch of fellas. It's a father and son weekend. Sometimes it's, uh, it's grandfathers that bring their grandsons and it's a great weekend about journeying into manhood, drawing young men really profoundly and very affirmingly into that journey of manhood with some wonderful talks and activities as part of the Growing Good Men experience. It's going to be held at Cataract Scout Camp. There are limited spots available. Just chuck Growing Good Men into your search engine 
You might want to go to the Diocese of Wollongong website or check out the Men Alive website. It's on both of those places. And there's going to be some wonderful young men, wonderful dads that are coming to be part of that weekend and really work through a a bit of a a rite of passage for young men aged between 13 and 16 years of age with their dads. Tell you what, I've seen some incredible transformations just in the space of that one weekend. And dads who said to me, I'm doing this with every single one of their sons. And it's uh, just been transformative. Growing Good Men, 21st to the 23rd of October. Here's a bit of Chris Tomlin now, and he's uh, singing Kyrie Eleison. He's doing it with Matt Maher, another one of our favourites. They're, they're working together on this, this particular tune. You'll love it. After the break, Trish McCarthy. He's going to talk to us about delighting in serving others. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy, and you're still on the journey. Your name is great and your heart is great. 
faith, hope, love and life. This is The Journey. And now it's time for Milk and Honey with Trish McCarthy. Walking through a busy shop a few weeks ago, I was pleasantly surprised by a particular experience. As we shuffled round, it came to a bottleneck and I had to excuse myself and squeeze through the fast-closing gap of feet and shoulders. As one lady moved aside to make more room, I thanked her, and her reply was one I had not encountered before. My pleasure, she said. My pleasure. It was her pleasure to make way for me. Someone she didn't know, hadn't met, would never see again. She took delight in being able to serve me. Imagine the difference it could make if we could take that attitude into all those little things in life. When God asks us in our hearts to forgive someone, and we feel we can't, it would be my pleasure When someone asks us to go beyond what we think we can give, like a lift that extends our journey by an extra 10 minutes, it would be my pleasure. To get up and go for a run to strengthen my body when I don't feel like it, it would be my pleasure. This may seem a little abstract or even silly, but it's worth playing with and see if it resonates with you. Coming to a deeper appreciation of who I am has had a lot to do with entertaining and playing with different attitudes and concepts until I find the ones that fit. Have fun today and genuinely smile inside and out when you get the chance to say out of love, it's my pleasure. I've enjoyed that. Thanks, Trish McCarthy there. little story of an encounter that she had where someone said to her quite delightfully, my pleasure, and how clearly this person took delight in being able to serve Trish in that moment and how we all need to take delight in serving others. And what it does to the context of the the attitudes and and the joy that we bring to our day. So thanks very much, Trish. Some great music coming up now for you now. You're going to hear from Andrea Marie and also Francesca Battistelli. After the break, rounding out the show for us is Father Dave Callahan. He's going to talk to us about living faith in the right way, not back to front. It's a really good piece. You're going to love this to, to finish off this week's show. Hang about. That's after the break. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. So glad you joined us this week on The Journey.
I'm Monique, I'm from Yarrambool, New South Wales, and you're on the journey. on the journey faith hope and love for life in all its fullness here are the missionaries of god's love with the call 
Jesus told his disciples, I'm sending you out like sheep among wolves. Therefore, be as cunning as snakes and as innocent as doves. When you look at Christianity in the world today, it seems that we often get this saying back to front. Many Christians live their lives as gentle as serpents and as cunning as doves. In other words, we're not particularly gentle with each other, or with ourselves for that matter, and we are not particularly cunning. The biggest disease that afflicts most Christians is repressed anger. And as a result, we act either like wounded animals or defensive snakes. And possibly the biggest challenge facing Christianity is a lack of vision or wisdom, meaning that we have no idea how to bring a solid conversion to our secular culture. This is where we need to come back to the words of Jesus. Think like snakes, but don't act like them. Act like doves, but don't think like them. When we get that the right way round, we might just start to bring about a real change in our world. I'm Father Dave Callahan from the Missionaries of God's Love. Find out more about us at mglpriestsandbrothers.org.
I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. Thanks very much to Father Dave Callahan there from the Missionaries of God's Love. They do great work, particularly with young people. They're drawing people into an encounter with the, the love of Christ and the Holy Spirit. Very, very deliberate and overt in the way that they're doing that. And he just had a bit of a, a message for us there that was pretty hard-hitting. When Jesus said to be cunning as snakes and innocent as doves, he, he meant it. And we need to be like that. Act like doves, but don't think like them. And think like snakes, but don't act like them. And when we get that, that right and we get that order, we might just start having an impact in our, in our world and certainly on our, our churches, the effectiveness of our churches on proclaiming the gospel. Heard from Meredith Andrews there too. That song to finish off the show, Open Up the Heavens. Thanks to Max Norton, who's put this week's show together so brilliantly for us, to all of our contributors, to Trish McCarthy, Father Anthony Crook in Positive Psychology, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda Scott, of course, and a huge thank you to Father Mark Di Battista at the top of the show, who broke open this week's gospel for us, the Gospel of Luke, and that message of we too must stand ready. Hope you enjoyed today's show. We've loved bringing it to you. We will be doing it again next week, as we always do. Hope it's blessing you. Hope you have a wonderful week. And hope you can join us again next week for The Journey. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy and you've been on The Journey. The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy and produced by Max Norton from the Office of the Bishop in the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong.